Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the podcast that we hope will briefly distract you from the very serious and unprecedented situations that we find ourselves in every day of this life. This is page 566. Hush about that bast. A smile flickered around the edges of Quoth's mouth. We'll need something different this time. His smile faded. Before the next levy. Maybe there won't be another, Chronicler said. Quoth shook his head. It won't come until after the harvest, but it'll come. Regular taxmen are bad enough, but they know enough to occasionally look the other way. They know they'll be back next year and the year after. But the bleeders... Chronicler nodded. They're different, he said grimly, then recited. If they could, they'd take the rain. If they can't get gold, they'll take the grain. Quoth gave a thin smile and continued. If you've got no grain, they'll take your goat. They'll take your firewood and your coat. If you've a cat, they'll take your mouse. And in the end, they'll take your house. Everyone hates the bleeders, Chronicler agreed darkly. If anything, the nobles hate them twice as much. I find that hard to believe, Quoth said. You should hear the talk around here. If the last one hadn't had a full-armed guard, I don't think he would have made it out of the town alive. Chronicler gave a bent smile. You should have heard the things my father used to call them, he said. And he'd only had two levies in twenty years. He said he'd rather have locusts followed by a fire than the king's bleeder moving through his land. Chronicler glanced at the door of the inn. They're too proud to ask for help? Prouder than that, Quoth said. The poorer you are, the more your pride is worth. I know the feeling. I never could have asked a friend for money. I would have starved first. Alone? Chronicler asked. Who has money to lend these days? Quoth asked grimly. It's already going to be a hungry winter for most folk. But after a third levy tax, the Bentleys will be sharing blankets and eating their seed grain before the snow thaws. That's if they don't lose their house as well. The innkeeper looked down at his hands on the table and seemed surprised that one of them was curled into a fist. He opened it slowly and spread both hands flat against the tabletop. Then he looked up at Chronicler, a rueful smile on his face. Did you know I never paid taxes before I came here? The Adima don't own property as a rule. He gestured at the inn. I never. I never knew that you're my hero. The page is over. Take it away. My name is Nick and I'm the co-host. Of this podcast page of the wind. I'm Jordana, and I'm not singing. Well, I'm Jeremy, and I guess that makes us the wind beneath Nick's wings. Oh, that was a bit? That's right. <laughs> I had no idea that was a bit. <laughs> you ever... Like all the best bits. And so a couple interesting things here. First off, we have the radicalization of Chronicler. We learned something about his upbringing. We, we sort of knew he was a noble. I think we kind of understood... He's a Lokis. He's he's related to the Lacklises, but now we know about his childhood. He had uh, his father complained about the bleeders, and my initial thought at the top of this page was, "Oh, the the bleeders take from the nobles too." But no, no, no. It's worse than that. The bleeders rile up the small folk. It's way, way worse for a noble to have the bleeders come through because who are they going to be mad at? Their local lord. And I think we. I don't know. Have we talked about? Have we like explicitly? named the like explain what the bleeders are i think it's clear from context but i don't know if they've if there's been like a line in the book uh i think we should flush it out because i also have so i have a point on the word levies as well so i think that that'll flow nicely into one another so tell us about bleeders nick well my understanding based on the context is that you have your your regular tax man year after year and they have a vested interest in maintaining a good relationship because 
they're going to come back. So they need to... And they're employed by the local lord. No, they're employed by the king. So they take the, the king's taxes. But the bleeders are the levy taxes. When there's like a, a sudden need for coin, they're essentially the thugs that move through and coerce as much money as they can out of everybody. They bleed them dry because they don't care about coming back. They just want as much as they can get, presumably for the king or for the, the lead noble or whatever, to wage a war or pay for some unforeseen cost. Yeah, the sense I get is that they call it a levy tax, and a levy is when you like raise an army from your common folk. So the levy tax, as I understand it, is the tax that's going to pay the wages of the soldiers who you're levying. That is also my understanding uh, of that. It's funny, though, because the way that the word levy is used in the book, it almost sounds like levy is almost instead of the word tax, but really levies are the troops. Or it's actually, it's both, I guess. A levy can also be a tax. It's more than that. It's not just troops and coin, it's supplies. Armies eat a ton, especially medieval armies. I mean, current armies too, but we have supply chains and stuff. But uh, medieval armies needed to carry basically everything with them or have a, a train with them. So it's not just the coin being taken from these people. It's also their food and probably their supplies, their lumber, their carts, their draft animals, anything that can be taken, that isn't nailed down, that could support the army, presumably the bleeders are going to take. So it's it's not even, it's worse even... Well, why would they take your house then? Because they might need the supplies. They might need like the lumber. Like, you know, it, I think the idea is that it's not just like coin. If you, you know, if they're just after coin and they say, well, we don't have any coin, then they're going to go away. But if you don't have any coin, they're like, well, you got to give us something. So that pile of firewood, we're going to take that. Uh, that that their teenage boy you got, he looks like he's fighting age. He's coming with us. That their goat you have there, that we can drink the milk out of it and then slaughter it for meat when it's done. So we're taking that too. I think that's the implication here. It's not just that the bleeders take coin. It's that they take everything. I don't think I believe that necessarily. I do. I'm sold. I think that there would be a different mechanism for for requisitioning or expropriating like actual property from people. Uh, because I think when you're imposing a levy, you want liquid funds so that you can purchase what you need rather than uh, just like hoping that the, the, the kids in town have, have what you need. Well, that's, that's what foraging is, Jeremy. You know that. When armies forage, they're, they're pillaging, they're stealing stuff. And so presumably when you're raising the army, you don't do that on your own land, though. Your army does that on the other guy's land. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, it's bad to, and that's why the 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 nobles fear the bleeders because they're the ones who bear the brunt of it. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that reading. I think that the nobles don't like the bleeders because, as you say, they piss off the peasants, which makes life difficult for the nobles. And I also think that when the levy is when the bleeders come around, they are taxing the nobles as well as the commoners. They're saying, you know, I need 10% of your proper, you know, your your income as well or whatever. I feel like both of these things can be true. Like, I feel like the people might still be extra riled up and also at at their local lord. And also the local lords don't like the levies because they're also taxing them. Yeah, isn't that what I just said? Well, yeah, but you made it sound like the reason they were mad isn't because the locals will be mad at them. 
You made it sound like it was more about how they were getting taxed. Right. Well, okay. If I did make it sound that way, then that's not what I meant. What I meant was what you said, and I thought that I said what you said also. Ah, nice try, Jeremy. Crying won't help you. Praying won't do you no good. No, 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 no. Crying won't help you. Praying won't do you no good. Because when the levee breaks, Jeremy, you got to move. Is this also, is this another bit? That is correct. It's always a bit, Jeremy. Jeremy. (laughs) I think you can also read what Chronicler's saying as his dad was the rare, you know, one in a million compassionate aristocrat who did just like resent the burden that it placed on his on his subjects who he feels responsible for and made their lives more difficult. I think you can read it that way. Me. I think it's interesting too that like Foth is making an explicit comparison between the pride that he knows that the Bentleys feel and his own pride. Like he he knows where they're coming from because he's been there. And he is extending them the same kind of help that he maybe didn't get when he was poor because uh, the people around him were not, were not clued in to the fact that he wasn't all that rich. Maybe his, his wealth is not in coin. Ooh, intriguing. Care to elaborate? Well, like he, I just, he can clearly get like chocolate and weird liquors and stuff. So Maybe he's got a uh, a portal to eleven twenty two sixty three in his basement, like in the book eleven twenty two sixty three. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe he's just he's all his exotic supplies are just from the present, yeah. or from the recent past. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Interesting too that he's about to go on uh, one of his more libertarian uh, tirades about the. The evils and injustices of taxation of property. (laughs) I mean, we love that kind of random thing in a book, don't we? Say, isn't that something we can pick apart? Just the way that we like to pick things apart. We'll have to wait until tomorrow to do it. (laughs) I don't. I don't really want to get into an examination of libertarian quoth because I think that there are extenuating circumstances. (laughs) Because it doesn't paint him in a good light at all. Uh, no, I just don't want to count into the idea that Quoth is a libertarian because that it, it's like when I realized that Rush were like died, died in the wool libertarians, it was like a, a, a real crisis moment for me. <laughs> oh, oh, so I really had to like reexamine what I, you know, cause I was really into Rush for a little while as all young men in Ontario are. Um, so I really had to like reexamine cause I had been like reading leftist uh subtext into their songs and then when i was like oh wait no this is not not only is this not leftist this is uh ayn randian super text <laughs> so i had really uh my my close reading this, this was the rare occasion when my close reading was not only way off but was actually actively harmful the frustrating thing is that libertarians have often you know identified a problem that is an actual problem but their solution for it is uh whack shall we say <laughs> what a technical it is, term it is technically whack i'm a technical kind of yeah. guy the best kind of whack <laughs> and listeners will whack you on tomorrow's page <laughs> oh dear of the wind